listening to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church. Located in Chelsea, Alabama, we value community, fellowship, and love for people from all walks of life. For more information, find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook. Last week, uh, we started a new series called Habits of Grace. And by the way, I don't know if you know this, but uh, we have... Um, on our website, we have all our sermons now, and uh, so if you missed a sermon, you want to go back and look that up or re-listen to a sermon, uh, feel free to do that. Uh, sometimes in small groups, we talk about the sermon. Uh, it's always good to go back if you miss one to listen to it before you come to small group. Um, and we also have it on YouTube. If you want more information about how to re- uh, access that, uh, just let me know. Uh, but our website's probably the best way to go on to, and it should have our sermon. Yes, ma'am. No. You know what? I don't know that I've ever announced that to our people. It's a www. Yeah. Well, we can we can send there's we can send it to you on YouTube if you do YouTube. Yeah. We can send you the YouTube videos. The music's on there also. So if if like me, you know, you really like to to listen to Edward play fiddle, you can you can go back and see that see that there as well. Yeah. So it's www.chelseaprez.org. Yeah. How, many, how many people in here didn't know we had a website? Okay. There we go. Uh, I'll tell you, the main reason we didn't do it is because uh, it wasn't in great condition up until recently. And so we, we were just getting it off the ground. It was still kind of clunky, that kind of thing. So uh, it's a lot smoother now. It looks a lot better. The, the, a lot of the pictures are updated. So. we got pictures and bios and all kind of things. It's, it's, it's a real website, y'all. Check mm-hmm. it out. Speaking of which, this uh, we, we got a message through our, our, our uh, page, and it said, um, uh, a, a lady said, you know, we were so we just moved to the area. We were so excited uh, to visit to, to, to visit a church in Chelsea. They said we didn't know there's a Presbyterian church in Chelsea, uh, and so they they looked up and said, "Oh, it's going to be at the Chelsea Middle School." And they were so excited, and they they they'd heard our service. Uh, they said we want to be a part of that. They rushed around. They got to the parking lot, and there was nobody there at the middle school. Uh, and so I'm reading this, thinking, "Whoa, what's going on here?" She said, then I went back to the website and realized we were in Chelsea, Michigan. <laughs> Y'all are in Chelsea, Alabama. <laughs> I was like, that's so great. Uh, I said, if you ever want to come visit us. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Anyway, all right. Last week, uh, we, we began our sermon uh, series through what we call the Habits of Grace. We've talked about the Habits of Grace a few years ago. But this is the things in our church that we would say are important uh, activities to God actually transforming our lives. They're, they're the ways that we're actually formed uh, to be more like Christ, to actually delight in God and delight in Jesus more than we do now. And again, I'm probably going to repeat myself this all throughout the series, uh, but it's not what we're not talking about here is becoming a better person. We're not talking about being a better Christian or about your Christian duty, as in you need to read your Bible and pray. This is not what we're talking about here. If it's just about that, and, and you, all, you guys all know that, if, if, we, if it's just about duty or, or we, we're doing it for these reasons, you will never truly 
engage in spiritual habits. Or if you do, you won't keep doing them. Matter of fact, sometimes you'll start resenting them in your life if you don't see that. Uh, and because when we know when we're doing these kind of things, any kind of discipline, any kind of training, we talked about this last week, there's got to be something more. And the more that we're talking about here through these habits is that you need a relationship in your life that you can't find anywhere else. Uh, the more is knowing that you need uh, something you can't find in a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a mom or a dad or a best friend or a husband or a wife or even a pastor. We will all leave you unfulfilled and disappointed, but there's one friendship, one relationship that will not let you down, and that's God himself. So let's enter this journey together by, by looking at our verses uh, today. Uh, there's several different verses that we're reading today. Uh, as we're going through these habits, most of these are going to have uh, several scriptural references and not just one. And so let's look at those today. We're going to be reading from Romans, 1 Corinthians 4, and then 1 Corinthians 13. Let's look at our reading for today. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. 1 Corinthians 4, 14 through 16 says, I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers, for I became your father in Jesus Christ through the gospel. And then Paul says, I urge you then to be imitators of me. And then 1 Corinthians 13, 1 and 2, if I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but I have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries, all knowledge, if I have all faith so I can remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father God, uh, may we today, for a few minutes, understand the nature and the call that you have for us by way of transformation. Uh, Lord, there's, may we not receive this as something else we have to do, but may we see a call of you inviting us to your love and your friendship. Uh, help us to see a bigger picture of that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, when I entered college uh, my sophomore year, which is uh, the fall of 1992, uh, I'm going I'm to be honest with you. I was a rebel. Uh, I was a bit of a prodigal son. I was a wild man. I know you find that hard to believe, uh, but but I, I did whatever I wanted to do. Um, I ignored every boundary that people gave me at that time. And then that fall, I met Larissa. Total opposite of me. Uh, still is in a lot of ways. Uh, she's in tensus of who I was and what I was about at that time. I was a party guy. She was a rule follower. I was out of control at that time. She. Uh, was a person with boundaries. But, as they say, it was love at first sight. And I immediately knew and I immediately hoped that I had a future with her. One of our first conversations went like this. Uh, my saying, hey, you're going to go out with me. And her response saying, there's no way I'm going to go out with you. <laughs> but obviously we know how the story ends. Uh, 30 years later. But here's what you don't know. 
See, over the next year, there were changes, there was transformation that had to be made in my life. There's no way, and I don't blame her, that she could ever make a long-term commitment with me in the shape and the position that I was in at that time. But here's the beauty of how my transformation occurred in regard to being more of a man and more of a person that she needed to be and wanted me to be. First of all, here's the thing. She never preached at me and never nagged at me. See, I already knew I was in the wrong. I didn't need somebody to tell me that. That wasn't going to help. Second, I knew how much she loved me in spite of all my wrongdoings and all the things I did to hurt her and all the times I disappointed her. And that moved me deeply, even at times that I didn't show that. But lastly, and probably most importantly, my love for her made everything else I did pale in comparison. I experienced genuine grace, and I experienced true love. And that, my friends, motivated me and transformed me to make the changes in my life that led to the deep transformation that I'm talking about today, the man and the pastor that I am today. Not that I'm someone perfect, but it's a huge transformation. See, this personal story that I'm sharing here has everything to do with what we're talking about today. So let's look at these three different passages and look at three different points in regard to real transformation, deep transformation, and love. Uh, look at our first passage. It says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So for the purposes of this sermon today, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this first passage other than to remind you of the fact that God does not want you where you are. He doesn't want you to remain complacent. His desire for you is not to stay the same as where you are right now. He has bigger plans for you, uh, a, a, a full life of love and laughter, laughter and prospering in spite of all the situations that you live in, contentment. His desire is to see you change for the better, to become more than the human being than you are now, the beautiful person living the beautiful life that you were made to live better than what you want for yourself, better what the world wants from you and better than what the world is trying to tra uh, turn you into. So let's look at the two gifts for the next two points. Of, of, these are not all the gifts, but two gifts that God gives us by way of transformation. Point two, transformation through imitation. Look at ver that verse 14 in 1 Corinthians 4. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Jesus Christ through the gospel, and I urge you then to be imitators of me. What Paul's talking about here is he was he was he was one of their spiritual fathers in that he started uh, their church, their 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 group. He was like their spiritual father. He, he said, "There's a lot of different people, but there's one one person here uh, that that I'm I'm saying I am asking you to imitate me." Another selection he says, "Imitate me as I imitate Christ." So what did Jesus leave behind to change the world? What was his parting gift to us to change the world? It was community. See, his desire was the community that he left, specifically the church, would love each other the way that he loved them. Jesus knew that by being a part of a community, we would be shaped and we would become more than we can be individually 
in our Christian life. We need community to continue to be transformed and to be sharpened and to be formed into Jesus. A community that we can be immersed in, a community that, that surrounds us in different ways, in different people, playing different roles that we are to imitate in a community. Now, it's amazing to think about all these children that we have had a part of our church uh, in the last few years. Uh, that's probably been the biggest surprise uh, at our church that we had this many young families uh, that, that have been this fruitful. Um, and it's always a glorious thing to see them all dancing and, and being a part of our worship service right before they go uh, to the nursery. Uh, but, but it's incredible to think about all these little precious babies that in a couple years will be walking and talking like little persons, little people. It reminds me of my daughter who's now 21. When she was little, how did she learn to speak? She wasn't in a classroom. We weren't giving her lessons on speaking. Um, all she wanted to do was play all day. How'd she learn to walk? It, yet, with, almost without knowing it, without trying, she learned to talk, she learned to walk, she learned to share toys, to love books, good food. Learning the world can be a really good place, a fun place with the people that you love. And how did that happen? By way of family and friends and the community that she had to imitate. See, family and community, and when I say family, I'm not talking about our immediate family, just our immediate family, I'm talking about our church family too, is the most powerful shaper of humanity ever designed. Why? Because through that we learn by imitation. So what does that say about the church, the community that Jesus left behind, the household of God? Well, here's the key point to understand what we mean by imitation, and we know this to be true. It's like a form of apprenticeship. You, you learn by watching. It, it's where we say, I need to learn something, but information is not enough. It's too abstract. It's the idea that I need someone to show me. I will watch them. I will learn from them. I will imitate them. Self-educating is fine, but we know imitation is far more faster. Whether it's parenting, welding, uh, pastoring, crafts, any kind of trade you do, uh, you need an apprenticeship. You can't get the most skills out of the classroom and the book. And the same thing with Christianity. You can listen to me share the word all the time, but I'm telling you what, the main shaper and transformation is going to be the community you plug into. And, and the deeper you plug into a community of people that love you, the more that it's going to look like the things that I say uh, are going to pale in comparison to the, the effect that these things have in your life. This is the importance of sharing life. This is, this is why it's important for us to have get-togethers outside of the church. This is why we, we have and we will continue to have cookouts and it, all the things that we do together. This is why our neighborhood cookouts are so important. We, we don't just believe that it's nice fellowship just to gather and share life. We believe it's transformative to be with God's people in a community, to love and be loved, and to get the, the, learn from those that get it. Community imitation is the first gift that we're talking about today. Let's talk about the second gift that God gives us. Look at, look at uh, point three, transformation in love. He says uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 2, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, and I have that love, then I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. He said, if I have prophetic powers, understand all mysteries, all knowledge, and I have all faith as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I have nothing. Now Paul's talking in a lot of hyperbole here. He's saying if you have all the spiritual gifts to the nth degree, even if you could, if you could in some way, 
have the, the tongue and the voice of an angel, but you don't have love, it, it, it's, like a, it's like nothing. Uh, if you can have all these prophetic powers, understand all the mysteries that have ever been in the world, you have all the knowledge, but you don't have love, it's nothing. Because, see, you can have knowledge and information all day. Uh, and, and we're going to talk about this some when we talk about reading the Bible. But it's not transformation. In other words, the hyper-religious people of the Bible days, like the Pharisees, they knew a lot of stuff. They knew the Bible inside and out. Yet you would never want them as your neighbor, or you would never want them as your friend. Uh, they had religious practices down to a T, to the extreme but they were never transformed. And they never got what Jesus is all about, and they never got the point of Christianity. They forgot that it's about relationship and not about religion. You can have everything down religiously, but at the end, if you don't have a love for the Father, and you're not cultivating love for a Father, and you don't have love for others, and you're not cultivating love for others, you have nothing. That's what the Bible's saying here. Now, the implications are obvious here. You can come to church, you can do your Christian service or your religious activity and your duty every week, and you can really do it and not have an ounce of love for God. You can do it without a deep relationship with God, a friendship with God to express an uh, expression of love for Him. I can't tell you how many people I talk to. Uh, and it comes up almost every other month, probably, probably more often than this where we, we talk about things either in a church or people outside the church. And I said, man, I've heard Christianity, all the right and wrong, and Jesus died for me, but I never think about God being my friend. And I never think about developing a friendship with Him. Like, I've never heard that before. That's a problem, and that's what we're talking about here. Uh, because this, you're, what you do can become self-righteousness, we know that, or attention-seeking, or just saying, I'm doing the right thing, and I'm doing my duty, and it's not paying off, and so now I just resent everything about the Christian life. All of those things can happen. You can do it because you hope that God may give you a comfortable life. You can do it hoping that He will reward you, or that people think you're spiritual, or you can do it to impress them. But it's not loving others. And loving God is using at that point. So you can do all the good things for all the wrong reasons. And if there's no love in it, it's all for nothing, God says in his eyes. Because he is not about duty, he's about love. See, when love invades our lives, and we all know that. Let's go back to the story that I was talking about before. When it invades our lives, we are moved in a way that no amount of preaching, and no amount of gritting our teeth and just trying to push through it can ever do. We're changed by love from the inside out. When we allow God to transform us with his love, it changes our heart. We become captivated by, in our hearts by his unconditional love. And then it begins to work out in these other ways. Here's what we're saying here at the end. You are shaped by what you love. We are shaped by what we love. We're not primarily shaped by knowing the right thing or information or even beliefs. We're shaped by what we love. Developments, the development of godly habits of grace that we're talking about here is in response to God's love for us. And we want to love him because he loves us. And we want to develop that relationship. We don't develop habits of grace. We don't do the habits of grace. Reading the Bible, praying, all that. We do not do that to get God's love. We already have His love. The habits aid in cultivating our love for Him 
and our love for others. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook.